0: Minions of the Metal Inquisition, this is the Exalted Piledriver. You're listening to Grim Dystopian, describing basically the fall
1: of human mankind as we know it in song.
2: Hello. (laughs) Oi. We have a fun show today. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's do our nationalcalendardays.com days. days.
3: (laughs) Okay. That's fun to say, right? Days, days, days.
2: <laughs> For days. For days. Um, National Dessert Day. Mm. Be Bald and Be Free Day. Hmm. National Kick Butt Day. <laughs> and today happens to be Columbus Day because it's like the second Monday in October or something, I think. Okay. So let's talk about Be Bald and Be Free. All right. Uh,
3: where's my note? Is this like tying to nudity in any way?
2: It, well, nudity of the noggin.
3: Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going a little south, but...
2: <laughs> this one... Uh, okay, so bared Noggins take the spotlight during this holiday. It recognizes the beauty of a naked scalp. Mm-hmm. Baldness comes in several forms, too. Partial or total, sometimes a chrome dome is by choice. <laughs> Whether your chrome dome is a result of hair loss or shaving your head, this national day celebrates you. And not everyone goes bald from traditional aging and hair loss. Some lose their hair from medical treatments, making this observance extra special to these individuals. Yeah.
3: Where I've always wondered, where does the chrome part come in? Like, I don't get that. Um, Is it just like? Is it rhymes? Or
2: maybe, um, chrome is like shiny. Okay. And like sometimes your dome and the sun can be like glistening. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Or
3: in any sort of light. Or it rhymes. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then National Kick Butt Day is about like remembering your goals and mm-hmm. pushing yourself to achieve them.
3: Okay. All right.
2: Yeah. So that's fun.
3: Yeah. Goals. Um, goals are fun.
2: Yeah, goes are fun. <laughs> <laughs> we had another fun sleeping experience this week.
3: Mm. Yeah, it was great.
2: <laughs> I don't know what happened. We're still at odds oh, it. over. No. No.
3: You're a motherfucker. No. Yeah.
2: No. Mm-hmm. You had a seizure.
3: I did not have a seizure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I am naturally just like not a good sleeper. Mm-hmm. No secret there. Yeah,
3: and no one around you can be a sleeper either. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that is totally true. But I especially get it. I don't know. It, it's like a real struggle during like season changes. I know it's kind of weird to say, but I don't know. Like I, I struggle during mm-hmm. season changes, yeah. especially going from like and summer to fall.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So I was having trouble falling asleep one night and. Um, I don't know, after about 10 minutes or so I remember turning and facing you Mm -hmm. on my side and I'm laying there and I swear you started to violently shake and I thought you were having a seizure so I jumped up and I wear earplugs to bed so I can't hear anything all I could feel was you like shaking the bed violently
3: alright so what if I was having a seizure motherfucker leave me alone
2: no Let me have my seizure. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're supposed to like...
3: Put a wallet in my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: I don't know, but I panicked and I grabbed a hold of you like really tight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God. I remember thinking like, oh my God, I don't know what to do now. And then I remember you starting to yell, hey, <laughs> hey, but you had to do it really loud because I had earplugs uh-huh. in. And I was like, wait, hold on, what's going on here? So I, I'm like, why is he having a seizure and talking to me?
4: <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Like, man, he's talented. So, yeah. uh, but I took my <laughs> my earplugs out and I'm like, what are you doing? And you were like, what are you doing? You're yeah. shaking me violently. Right? I still think something was going on.
3: Yeah, me too. <laughs> Something was going on.
2: Because I swear I wasn't sleeping yet.
3: I wasn't either. I was just (laughs) dozing
4: off. (laughs) And you're like, oh, dozing off. We'll have none of that.
2: (laughs) 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 You're not sleeping when I'm around. (laughs) You'll sleep when I'm dead. Uh All right, what do we got going on for the show today?
3: We have an interview with Gord Kirchen. The exalted pile driver.
2: Awesome dude.
3: Yeah. It, it was great talking to him. Yeah. And very nostalgic for me because I, early episode, I was talking about delivering newspapers uh, with my Walkman, <laughs> listening to Metal Inquisition yeah. on, on cassette. Yeah. Wearing that tape out.
2: <laughs> now
3: we get to talk to him about those days. Yeah. Um, really interesting and sad story yeah uh, of what went on with pile driver yeah and it's really cool that he's still doing the exalted pile driver
2: yep after yeah. everything that's happened to him yeah he's a really cool guy very humble very humble very funny very funny yeah so I'm looking forward to it
3: yep we're gonna we're gonna play a couple songs uh exalted pile driver songs off of the metal manifesto cd that came out in 2008 and then we're going to go into the interview cool the songs we're going to hear are last day of the week and unsuck my cock It's uh, Grim Dystopian.
0: Yeah. Trying to move here away from the noise. Hello. How
3: are you doing?
0: (laughs) Not so bad, not so bad. I can hear you better now.
3: Oh, good. Uh, Thanks for talking to us. No problem. Big fans. Wow, thanks, bud. So, um, is there anything that you... I mean, we have a bunch of questions, but is there anything that you want to talk about?
0: Mm, No, we'll just... We'll just take it on And start her up And see where it goes Sounds good I like it Sounds
3: good Um (laughs) So Do you want to start In the beginning of When you started Okay well I
0: guess The The clearest way to do it Would be like a A timeline Okay Back From like When I first met Uh Les Howe Mm -hmm. Um Who was Uh You know the, the, The main writer And producer Of Metal Inquisition Uh I met him when I had joined this uh, Ottawa area cover band, bar band, uh, called Mainstream, Mm -hmm. and he and his uh, girlfriend, Louise, uh, sort of ran this band. And he, at the time, was Alanis Morissette, back when she was a young little disco diva. Mm -hmm. He was her manager slash producer, Sven Gali, and uh, he was very involved in the, the... commercial pop world, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I played in that band for about a year and then I got poached to go play bass for Fist with Ron Chenier. And so that's when I left Les uh, the first time. And uh, a little while I left Fist and then I was in another band called UN and I was out on the road out of the Maritimes and I get a phone call from Les asking if I'd like to sing on an album. I said, oh yeah, what kind of an album? He says it's a very, very heavy album. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm calling you, because you're the heaviest voice I know. I said, mm-hmm. well, okay, sounds interesting, but what do you have to do with an extremely heavy album? <laughs> you're a pop guy, right? Right. And so uh, he was saying that uh, during one of the meetings with the, this record weasel, mm-hmm. that uh, it had come up that uh, his metal division uh, any album that had a half decent cover, no matter what the music was like on the inside, it would sell about four thousand copies.
4: Uh-huh. Okay.
0: <laughs> and no matter what garbage they put out, you could, you know, you can. You, it's just a license to make money. Uh-huh. He says you could do one. Uh-huh. He says, well, let's do it then. So, anyways, he gave Les uh, some Venom and some um, Slayer, and uh, I think it was Exodus. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't Exodus. Um, Blind Illusion, maybe. Okay. Anyways, mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly. It was another Bay Area band, okay. and uh, uh, told him, you know, write something along these lines. And so um, the venom and the uh, and the Slayer sort of crept to the top of that, and um, he ended up writing and recording the tracks for Metal Inquisition and then called me to come in and sing on them, and. Uh, him and his wife had done up most of the lyrics and then I came and sort of nastied them up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's how Meddling Position came about it. And then when it...
3: What did you think what? when you heard that music? Did you like oh, it? Oh,
0: dude, I was blown away because, yeah. it, for, first of all, I never expected it to come out of that guy.
3: Yeah.
0: Right? <laughs> what, what you know, it? like, what? What did he you think of it? This? Was he proud of it? Oh, or? He, he... Oh, yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but... Also, he's he's very much the the record industry type of uh, chasing the dollar rather than the art, right? Yeah. So to him, it was just it was just heavy metal, but you know it was well crafted and and, you know yeah that's so unique sounding too. Yeah, that's where he was trying to, to. He's very. Commercial, right? So he's yeah. trying to get as nasty as he possibly could. And so you ended up with something sort of halfway in between. Yeah.
4: yeah. You
0: know, it's sort of produced commercially, but trying to get that, you know, the really razor sharp guitar and yeah. that nasty, you know, over the edgeness. But when I showed up in the studio and he's playing back these bed tracks, I was just so blown away that I couldn't. Line it up in my head that he did this, like you did this, <laughs> like like that that blew my mind. And then when we started getting to the the lyrical ideas and the whole concept that um, we needed to be the sickest, most depraved, the the, the farthest out there, <laughs> most you know over the top thing that that had ever come along since Alice Cooper first crashed into the into the seventies, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Because there was a big hole there for a nasty, yeah. dark character, right? Yeah. Cause Alice was uh, off in, in rehab and shit, and <laughs> there was no bad man outside of uh, Wasp,
4: right? Right. right. <laughs>
0: And uh, so we we tried as much as we could to to come up with the craziest fucking shit possible. Mm-hmm. And I swear, after every time we'd lay down a song and then we'd go for a walk around the block with a Ryan Coke, and we'd just be laughing our heads off at how this is so insane. He's, <laughs> there's no way he's going to put this out. You know, this is just too much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just too stupid in a way, you know? <laughs> like how how far over the edge we were trying to be. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's, it's laughable, you know, that that at the time that that was supposed to be so shocking and stuff because now it's just you know it's so cartoonish in comparison you know the the way time has marched on
3: yeah
0: but uh yeah so we were cracking ourselves up you know as it it built up and built up and built up until it was completed and then we just sort of sat back and went holy fuck you know (laughs) if this only sells 4,000 copies there's something wrong in the world you know right (laughs)
3: yeah
0: and uh so uh, I went I went back to Montreal this is where I was living at the time and I uh, was waiting for um, the record weasel to you know set up for the photo session and stuff and uh, right after this right after we left the studio uh, and all the mixing and all that was done uh, we had gone to dinner and then he whipped out the contract and said you know he's, he's got to get back to Toronto we we're in here in Ottawa. He's got to get back to Toronto, you know, and uh, just got to get these signs so that we can get to the pressing and get this out for the big push, you know, before before September, you know, and school's out and, you know, it's so a big push, big push, big push. And I'm like, I'm 23 years old and I'm looking at this, you know, multi-page thing going, I don't know what the fuck this is, you know, uh, yeah. but hey, I'm going to be on an album. <laughs> so, and he's promising me the moon about how, you know, it's all there to protect me. It's all standard stuff. Mm-hmm. And basically, um... Uh, got me to sign right on the right on the line, and I basically signed everything away, mm. and so did Les. Mm. Um, yeah, so we basically uh, signed that to get a two hundred and fifty dollar cash payment, and that was it.
3: That was it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so you sound sign the rights away to the music, and
0: yeah, yeah, oh. I own none of it. Wow. And but at the time, you know, I didn't know. So. Uh, a couple of months later, uh, I'm in Montreal, and then I get a package in the mail. It was the finished album. I didn't even get to be on my own album cover. Wow! In my own costume, right? Wow! Oh yeah. Speaking of the costume, um, that's what I was bringing up. The uh, the uh, contract signing mm-hmm. is while we were at that uh, restaurant. Uh, I was doodling on the uh, on the, on the, the proverbial napkin mm-hmm. what pile should look like, right? Mm-hmm and uh that's how we ended up with with pile looking as he does <laughs> who, right off the, the proverbial napkin in the in the restaurant <laughs> deal
3: who who named the band
0: uh that was the record weasel okay yeah okay. yeah before that there was a, a a pile driver in toronto and a british one that had existed you know in the 70s and 80s uh, 60s and 70s mm. so, but uh Anyways, back to the timeline. I get this thing in the mail. I almost pass out. Like, you fucker, you know? Not only did you fuck me out of the money, now I don't even get to be on my album cover, you know?
4: Absolutely.
0: And uh, so um, my only contribution on the packaging was uh, coming up with the fake band member names. (laughs) Oh, wow. So it goes out and... He doesn't want to put a penny into any of it. He, he just wants to make his quick $4,000 and be done, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, doesn't it go on to be a freaking smash hit, mm-hmm. 500,000 copies across two years. Wow. And the whole time he's going, that the, the whole mystique about this band is that we came out of nowhere, no one knows who we are. There's this big question, who are these guys? And so he wanted to play the, the Mysterioso card and never reveal our identities and never do any gigs and yeah. just have it be this big mysterious thing, right? Right. And I thought it was insane, you know? Like, why... Why put the brakes on? Like we should be putting on the gas. We should be out there hitting the stage. You know, let me put a band together around it. No, 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 no. I'm not going to put any money into this. I'm not going to do any touring. Not going to do any of that. It's just it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what it was was he was making shitloads of fucking money,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and he and he wasn't putting nothing out, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I moved to Toronto. Mm-hmm. And, um, just before I moved, he, he called me up and said, asked me if I wanted to do another one of these Mysterioso projects. Mm-hmm. And so I made him promise me, yeah, I want proper royalties this time and blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine.
2: So now so at he, this point, I'm sorry to interrupt, but at this point you yep. don't know that the first record was like blew everyone away, right?
0: Right. Yeah. This is like, it had just gone out and it was starting to sort of creep out there, right? Mm. Yeah. It had been out about two or three months, but it was doing pretty pretty brisk, right? Mm. Yeah. And he was keeping me and Les completely in the dark about any sales and stuff. He was totally downplaying everything like totally lying to us yeah. saying that it was basically a flop and stuff so anyways he, he uh, asked me if i wanted to do vocals on this other project it's more of a hairband thing but uh, my voice would be perfect for it okay so <laughs> <laughs> he flies me to new york and that was the convict album
3: mm-hmm.
0: we, go ahead and make my day we
3: have a question about convict yeah uh, who, who is conrad taylor and why were you called terry browning
0: <laughs> Again, the Terry Browning thing was the, because Zorn didn't want to have my real name on it. The record weasel? So that I, I couldn't be paid directly. It was another scam. It was, a, it was another burn. Wow. That's terrible. But, but I was, at that time, I didn't know yet that I was being burned, yeah, right? Yeah. I was still being sold the Golden Dream, the big money coming down the pike, right? Yeah. That's terrible. So he was leading me around and totally using me, right? Mm-hmm. So during this convict session... He says that there's two songs that the American distributors won't put out. Sex with Satan and Alien Rape,
4: mm.
0: uh, saying that, uh, that you know that they've got to be replaced. Mm-hmm. So during the convict sessions, he got this Conrad Taylor, who was just like a, a New Jersey, New York area musician.
4: Yeah.
0: right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd never heard of him before and never heard of him after either. I just saw him there in the sessions when I went in to do the vocals anyways he was uh, the the less how of that project the, the writer producer performer right that, okay. that recorded it
4: mm-hmm.
0: and i was just brought in to sing on top of it
4: okay
0: so at any rate in the studio there there's two songs that were that are, that are being added that uh, that, that are going to replace pile driver songs i'm going what do you mean they're going to replace them you <laughs> should have less do up, uh, you know, songs if they're going to replace Metal Inquisition songs. Right. Oh, don't worry about it. You know, no one will know. And go, well, it's, it sounds completely fucking different. Yeah. You know, like you're going to try and pass it off and it's the same. <laughs> that, like, really? Nah, don't worry about it. Your voice will tie it all together. No one will notice. <laughs> no one will know. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I'm here in the studio and I'm going to be on a second album. Yay for me. <laughs> So then um, I moved to Toronto, and by then the bloom is starting to come off the rose because I ain't getting any money, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I'm starting to figure out uh, I think I've been shafted here so I start going to lawyers and stuff and it's all a fantastic contract until you get about three quarters of the way through like page four mm-hmm. and there's a clause it's written in very very deep legalese that all the forward uh, all the preceding clauses notwithstanding are, uh, are null and void wow. and this is a work for hire uh, to be for the sum to be paid of $250 oh, wow. uh, you know just a so that's when, you know, I was gutted. I was just, I just couldn't believe it, right? Yeah. And uh, up comes Stay Ugly. Mm-hmm. He wants me to go to New Jersey with uh, Dave DeBise to do Stay Ugly.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I'm sticking, okay, you want me to fucking do another one of these things for fucking nothing? No, that ain't going to fucking fly, dude. You know, <laughs> you're going to have to pay me this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no worries, no worries. I'll fly you down, you know, we'll we'll take care of it all when we're there. Okay great. So uh, I get strep throat and I'm you know sorry dude I can't I can't come down. No you have to come down you got to <laughs> you you know everything is hinging on this you know record plant is waiting you know like we got to get you in and then the mix is done by the end of the weekend and yeah. oh fine fuck it right. <laughs> so I go down there and um, I get him to put it in writing that I'm going to be the one in the costume on the cover and I'm going to get proper royalties and and everything's going to be on the up and up this time.
4: Mm
0: And you know he's he's actually paying for my hotel room. So yeah, the first time I had to pay for my own fucking hotel room. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyways, you know he seemed to be playing ball this time. Okay, he was. Let me tell you, the guy was the most golden tongued record weasel that ever worked in the business since Chuck Berry days. Uh-huh. The guy, I could go into his office like wanting to twist his neck shut, uh-huh. and he would just twist my head around, and I'd be leaving the office skipping away with some brand new albums <laughs> under my arm. And, and stickers and you know, good golly, I'm gonna be a huge rich star. This is awesome. <laughs> you know, like just completely bamboozled by, by one of the best. He he really is one of the best. He's ripped off countless bands. Wow. It's it's unbelievable. Anybody that ever had any dealings with him got ripped off. Wow. It's it's simple as that. Is, is if it, you look at it
3: Is he still any around? of
0: his rosters? Uh, he Last I heard He was doing Bootlegs out of Toronto oh. With a company called uh, Magnetic Air Which is again A stolen concept There's a Canadian band Called Max Webster And they have a live album yeah. Called Live Magnetic Air yeah. And he even stole His name His company name From that Well
3: hopefully Karma catches up to him Sometime soon
0: Well I'm hoping That he's got Some strange cancer Of the fucking toenail Or something <laughs> That spreads through His entire body <laughs> And takes out Every organ on the way <laughs> Mostly his dick. <laughs> good, good old glands cancer. <laughs> cancer of the foreskin, which will no doubt spread to the palm of his hand right. and then to his dog. <laughs> but yeah, he was—he was—he's the, the, the king of, of, of the golden tongue of the record business. He's everything that's wrong with the industry. Yeah, and uh, I was a young, uh, eager pup, and I ate it all, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I wouldn't have, oh well, then well, none of that would have existed, and none of us would be rocking out and having fun to it, you know?
3: Yeah. Do you so, so?
0: there's that. There's that side of it, you know.
3: Do you consider that as as horrible as it was? Do you consider that like a necessary evil to get you or you know so known in the underground?
0: I. Yes, like it it is what it was, and uh, I consider it a feather in my cap, you know, I did a good job, and it it all came out pretty good, and uh, people certainly love it, and I love it, and we, you know, when when we go out and bring it out on stage, uh, we we enjoy the love of it together, and it's all good, you know,
4: yeah. Uh, it would
0: have been nice to get, you know, my proper royalties and proper respect, Mm. Because you see, that the double-edged sword is that, is that as I forged onwards, uh, I got the reputation of being uh, the poster boy for getting ripped off, yeah. and, and you know uh, everybody was trying to to, to fleece me, right? Uh-huh. And it was it was a bad situation. So I've always been, I've never been able to get above ground, no matter how much I tried. Yeah. And so you know, I've. I've the main and the only reason I do any of what I do, it's for the fans, right? Mm-hmm. It's for the, it's to bring it to them because we couldn't back then,
4: mm-hmm.
0: right? Mm-hmm. He, he had all the all the stops on and couldn't do fuck all about it, and I guess it was when I finally got online in 1995. Mm-hmm. And just for the hell of it, oh yeah, let me type "Pile Driver" and see if anybody remembers that. And then, holy fuck, there's a whole fucking world of fans out there. I'm famous.
4: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, look at me, I'm famous and shit.
0: <laughs> and so, yeah, um, talking about that with a couple of you know buddies and uh, like uh, Dave Carlo of Razor mm-hmm. and guys in Sacrifice mm-hmm. and Black Metal, the sort of a circle of us, right, mm-hmm. in Toronto. And uh, everyone was going, yeah, fuck, do it, man. What the fuck's he going to do? Is he going to sue you? And, and so that's when I was thinking, okay. Now, when I searched a pile driver, I found all these other pile drivers. Mm-hmm. You know, what the hell? There's a pile driver in Germany. There's one in Australia. There's one over here in Japan. There's there's one in southern eastern states. There's one in the Philippines. Uh-huh. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to try and make a comeback here, I'm going to have to delineate myself. So that's when I came up with the exalted pile driver. Yep tag that onto the name to sort of, you know, separate me from the pack and get people to remember which, you know, which pile driver I was. Yeah,
3: yeah, that was a a smart idea.
0: Yeah, and then I wouldn't have to sue, because if I wanted to sue somebody for the name, first of all, I would have to sue Mm Zoran and get it out from under him, Mm -hmm. and uh, then I would have to sue everybody, right? Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah.
0: I I couldn't just pick on one and then leave all the others, right? Right, right, right. So that's why I was, okay, the Exalted, it is. It makes most sense on so many levels, and that's when that happened. And then uh, it took me some years to, to get a band going. Like back in the day, I, I, I sort of decided, you know, I'm going to try it anyways. You know, he doesn't want to support the band, well, I'm going to do it anyways, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But back in the 80s, man, it was so hard to get people to to get into the concept of costumery
4: yeah right
0: yeah. because metallica and anthrax and everybody was going jeans and t-shirts right. and that was the way and grunge and everything right yeah, yeah. and so we were like nobody wanted to do the dress up thing yeah. and and the egos were rampant nobody wanted to use stage names you know to, to fit into the you know into the mythology of the band right yeah. And so it was really hard, man. I'd have a bass player and a drummer looking for a guitar player. They finally get a guitar player. The bass player quit. Okay, now we're looking for a bass player. Find a bass player. The drummer's gone. Okay, we need a drummer and a second guitar player. Okay, I got a second guitar player. Still need a drummer. You know, that went on for years. Yeah. And then uh, I finally, I gave up on it after, you know, the big, I guess around 1988, Mm. uh, sort of the gas had petered out on pile because there was no action, right? Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't get anything going, and so then that's when I shifted over to Dogs with Jobs. Um, the Shock album—I was trying, I was pitching to Zoran, uh, Let me do a pile driver album, you know, like you did. Manly Position had one sound, and then Stay Ugly had a much more raw, thrashier sound. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Convict stuff was just way out in left field. Right. Who knows what the hell to even call that <laughs> sound? <laughs> and then i said here let me let me i'm i came up with the pile character and the persona and stuff let me take a whack at it mm-hmm. you know but i ain't fucking around you know this time i need an advance and i need a proper you know mm-hmm. proper contract that i will have checked out blah blah blah. Right. so we got to the point of mixing the album and then that's when uh in the studio i was needling him okay now bill's got to get paid man like i'm we're in 12 grand here, so going to need a check from you to start covering up some recording costs. Oh, I'm not going to give you an advance. So we talked about a 15k advance that was going to cover, you know, the 12k of recording and 3k of mixing, you know, like, oh no, I'm, that's not going to happen. Wow. Oh, Okay. Uh, you're going to need to leave the studio. This isn't a pile driver session anymore. The name of this band is now Dogs with Jobs. You're going to have to leave. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Good for you. Sorry,
0: I have, no, I have no business. You have no business here. Uh, these are my tapes. So I'm keeping the tapes and you're leaving. And so me and the studio owner hustled and hustled his ass out of there. And that's how Dogs of Jobs got born. So then... Uh, I took it to Fringe Product, but they thought that uh, lyrically it was too pile driver, a little too wacky, hmm. and they asked me to sort of straighten it up. Hmm. Okay, sure. So then I depiled the lyrics. Uh, there's only about four or five songs that I really had to do any any changes to, hmm. and uh, that came out as Dogs of Jobs Shock instead of Pile Driver Shock.
3: And you you wrote all the music and I think played all the music
0: on that, or? On on what? On
3: on the shock album.
0: On shock, yeah. yeah. I wrote about I'd say about ninety percent of it. Yeah. Uh, Sean Adams, uh, Sean Abbott that, uh, wrote another, maybe seven percent, and then Randy Deek, another guitar player, buddy of mine. He's he's in for a couple of percent there. Mm. But yeah, it was it, all this stuff is primarily me. Mm-hmm. The only like the first two pile driver albums and the convict, I didn't really have anything to do with. I was just brought in like a plumber mm-hmm. to come and fix the pipes, <laughs> <laughs> get paid, and then I left. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everything after that, all the dogs of Job stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, dogs of jobs on that shock album I'm, uh, my drummer quit uh, just a couple of weeks before the studio so I programmed an Alesis HR-16 to do the drums I play the bass and I play um, half the guitars mm-hmm. and um, even on Metal Manifesto I, I uh, play guitars and uh, had some hand in on, the, on some of the drumming I started okay. out as a drummer when I was a kid
3: yeah I think we read that he, yeah. a drummer a bass player a guitarist yeah. vocals he, I've got some
0: keyboards in there, I get play trumpet in the high school band, I, I have a didgeridoo I'm into. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much if it's got strings on it, I can get music out of it. Yeah, so then that brings up the, the ugly and all that, and then it all petered out, and I switched over to Dogs at Jobs, mm-hmm. and in Toronto trying to get something going, uh, record label-wise, uh, we gone with Fringe, and Fringe had just basically blew their wad uh, in, in court cases defending a, a, a punk band out of, um, out of Vancouver for the uh, censorship
3: are we, trial. Are we not saying the and, band name? <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. And, and so then they had no money left. <laughs> it's all gone to lawyers okay. fighting, for the, fighting for the right to, to say dirty words in music. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, we didn't get much yeah, you know, so we didn't get much marketing. Uh, I, mean, I think there was two ads were placed in, yeah. in a couple of Canadian magazines, and that was pretty much it. Mm. That's That was the big comeback. That's too bad. And then, yeah, digging around as Dogs and Jobs for a couple of years, and then uh, I got left, sort of left music for a good 10 there, uh, getting into my career of technical wiring.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I guess it was... Ray Wallace around 2004 saying it was the 20th anniversary of Metal Inquisition. I should, you know, at least put a bunch of guys together and do some songs together and sort of a tribute show kind of thing. Uh, going with that and then if I'm gonna go bother putting a band together we might as well get out and bring it to the fans, you know, they've been waiting long enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a position to. I don't give a shit if that record we you know, record weasel is not seen fit to chase after any of the bootlegs that are out there or anything. Right, so right. So I guess, you know, I'm I'm gonna go for it. And so by two thousand five I finally had a, a sort of a lineup together to to start hitting hitting the stages good old pile driver that we all could not wait enough for.
3: <laughs> and didn't you get together with the uh, guys from Spiegar to do that?
0: With, uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, at first there was uh, a bunch of rotation in, in the guitars and bass. Uh, Steve Litterman was our drummer for, for a good long time through all of it. And then um, he uh, couldn't continue with the band, so then I got uh, Jerry Keel, who was an amazing drummer, mm-hmm. um, and his buddy came in, uh, Mark Kopernike, the guitar player, mm-hmm. and the bass player Rob Tollifson, who I had played with before in uh, Sean Abbott band. Anyways, uh, yeah, so there's a, a bunch of lineup changes throughout there until uh, the recording of Mental Manifesto. Mm-hmm.
3: Now, you played some festivals as pile yeah. as the exalted pile driver, right? Yep. Um do you have any that are like that stand out as, as the most memorable or most enjoyable or
0: Well there was the very, very first one uh, the first time overseas in Germany in Hamburg mm. in two thousand seven there. Uh, this tiny little room, but it was insanely packed mm-hmm. and it, it was like it, it sort of blew my mind how it, it opened my mind to how they live for metal over there. How different it is than here. Yeah, yeah. you know, like they really live for it. Like, uh, the, so many of the faces that I saw at that first festival of the tour were there at every show. Like along the way, all the way down through, it, you know, through France and Italy, and right on down through Greece. You know, uh-huh. these people they take three months off and they and they go to all the festivals. You know. Hmm. Uh, it's it's really a way of life over there compared to, to, to the way we are here in the West, you know?
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah,
0: they, they really <laughs> devote their entire lives to it. It's, it's crazy. And, yeah, that, that really struck us there, all uh, the, uh, the battle vests and all that. <laughs> yeah, everybody singing along to every word, like here in Canada, you know? Mm-hmm. You'd be lucky if 12 people knew the album and stuff, <laughs> you know? And most people are going, what the fuck are these clowns? Fucking Slipknot wannabes. <laughs> you know? That's horrible. <laughs> I heard it all as we walked towards the stage. Oh, man, check out these gomers. This is going to be good. And, and, they're, and they're the same ones that come up at the end of the night that say, man, I never heard of you guys before, but holy fuck, <laughs> you blew my mind.
3: <laughs> well, that's good, at least. Yeah. At least you won them over by yeah, the end. We,
0: that's that's what I like about it. especially this this lineup that we've been solid now for ten years, and I swear every show is better than the one before. We you know this we we fire on all cylinders and it's and it's almost sex you know mm. it's insane. Uh, I live here in Ottawa. They live north of Toronto, and you know we don't see each other till you know airport day, mm. and yet we just throw it on stage and God damn if it is, you know, the, the fucking rock and roll dream. Uh, the, the, the reaction we get is, is always like, holy fuck, you blew our minds, you know? And that's all we could ever hope to do is to get up and really serve it up well, you know? Mm-hmm. And I find that with Pyle, the, the whole thing is to to be loose but tight, like loose in a way that it's like a... A speeding car you know you don't know if you're going to keep her between the lines it's getting hairy things are getting scary oh you almost lost it on the turn narrow you know but everything's still you're still within scope you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and it's kind of like that freewheeling energy that uh, that this lineup serves up and and i've never looked back it's all about the fans it's all about bringing it to people that have, you know, that were into it yeah. all this time yeah. and have never had a chance, right? Yeah. So, and it's hard for us. We've you know, all our various careers and families and everything now. We're all old men. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's harder to, you know, to tour and stuff, but we still manage to get out for one-offs and, and festivals and stuff. Yeah. Um, Do you have any- it's primarily in, in Europe and South America. That's where the hotbed is. Yeah,
3: yeah I was going to ask you about we South have- America. They've- have you, yeah. did you guys play there? Anywhere in South Africa? Yeah, we
0: played in, uh, we did a tour of Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third attempt, the first two times we were ripped off by promoters. Oh, wow. And even on that tour, at the end of the tour, we're, we're, you know, rushing for our flight to come home and they pull us aside. There's a serious problem with your tickets, gentlemen. Oh yeah, what's that, uh, the authorities will fill you in. What do you mean the authorities? Oh, it turns out that our, uh, tour tickets, uh, and for all the flights across the entire country uh, <laughs> Were uh, purchased on stolen credit cards oh, wow. <laughs> So we're being detained <laughs> so It's crazy down there It's pretty loosey-goosey It's about as underground as you can fucking imagine oh.
3: Was, it, was uh, the record weasel in involved the... with that somehow?
0: Okay, you're breaking up What's that? Was the
3: record weasel involved with that somehow?
0: Oh fuck no I've been involved With him since 1986 Dude And if I ever Saw him on the street He'd be eating His own (laughs) ribcage Oh fuck yeah Um, Yeah down In Brazil man it's, It's it's really wild it's really hairy uh but the fucking uh, they're so intense <laughs> the crowds are so like in, insanely intense and rabid and fucking hanging off the rafters and just just losing it yeah. <laughs> it's really amazing before that the wildest crowd i'd ever seen was in Athens hmm. but uh everywhere in South America uh we did uh, Bogota uh that, that was insane too and you know, the, you're you're going through these streets, and it's it's really, you know, deep poverty, you know, no. and crime. Like there's so much razor wire and fences and and, and gates, and you know, uh, our, we had a guy with a with a gun with us, you know, just uh, as our our driver handler, right? Right, right? Because shit is crazy as fuck down there. Yeah. And and that's when they come to the to the to see, you know, a five band show in a you know, in a a, just basically a gravel lot, you know, they just lose their shit then, and it's fucking amazing. The worst pot, you know, you're, you're standing there with the, you know, these. Tiny little combo amps, a drum set that's, you know, trying to to, to get everybody to chase it all around the stage, uh, you know, like the tiny little PA systems with two two bare bulb lights, you know. But it's the most intense gig that we have played all year, yeah. you know. Yeah. Just the sweating and the and the, the intensity is just it's just mind-boggling. Yeah, it's so awesome.
3: That must be make and, that must be make the uh, early years for you feel a little more worthwhile. Or, or, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, it would have been nice to have this recognition all along, yeah. but, you know, at least uh, at least finally, at, at some point, you know, we're getting out there to see some of our fans, you know, yeah. if not all of them. Like, we have a hard time with the States, man. We have such a hard time getting down there. I get blocked every time. Really? We, uh, we've been set up to play in New York and Chicago. We got down a couple of times. but That was way before uh, Homeland Security really got out of hand. Mm. And so now, as soon as as soon as they X-ray the spikes, boom, we're pulled over. It's a whole fucking rigmarole every time, and, and, and you know every time it's like it's the same as last time, dude. It's the same fuck you know. We're not terrorists. We're not fucking you know.
3: The, the spikes freaking out. We're just
0: coming to play some metal, you oh, know.
3: Right,
0: right. <laughs> wow. And then we always get the, with when, when that's not the issue, the issue is that we're stealing American jobs. <laughs> and, and, and I say to the dude behind the counter every fucking time, okay, so let me know who is down there playing my music? <laughs> <laughs> you know, whose job am I stealing if I'm performing all my own stuff? Uh, I don't see whose job I'm taking but my own.
4: Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs>
0: And, you know, you're really, you're really saving your economy because, yeah, I was going to come home with 125 bucks, <laughs> but not now.
4: <laughs> wow, well, you,
0: you know, I guess you guys can balance your state budget now, right? <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's all in the black now because, you know, you stopped us <laughs> and our big $500 pay. <laughs> you know, it's just insane. It's sad, because, you know, we have millions of fans in the States, yeah, you know? Yeah,
3: absolutely.
0: But it's a market that's closed off to us, because it seems the U.S. is very, very afraid. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> 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 that's too bad.
0: Very, very, very afraid of, of the world.
3: Do you guys have any festivals lined up?
0: Uh, actually, I, I've been turning down a lot <laughs> in the past several weeks, because my job... Has gone through the roof, and I can't see any any chance of getting away in 2020. Mm. Uh, so I'm sort of postponing any any bookings until 2021. But I got a whole bunch of whole bunch of stuff that, that wants to happen, of course, down in South America and in Europe. Uh, we're trying to. I before I kick off, I want to get to Australia and Japan. Yeah, it really bugs my ass that you know, buddies and razor and her over there every couple of years yeah these fellers put in a good <laughs> word for me you? <laughs> i want to rock out to them short little bastards
4: <laughs> 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 yeah we hear
3: good things about japan
0: oh yeah, yeah like, oh yeah i
3: think the fans are are wild over there too
0: probably yeah. in a different way yeah. but yeah, everyone I've talked to has been. They all say the same thing: is like a different planet, man. Yeah. It's just you know socially boggling. <laughs> yeah.
2: So someday you mentioned work. What do you What are you doing nowadays?
0: I am involved in technical wiring, so I do data and security wiring, and uh, I have top security clearances. So I do mostly government, uh, defense, and uh, police wiring.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it is. I used to be in broadcast when I was in Toronto, and then I came back to Ottawa. And this being a government town, that's where that's where all the action is. <laughs> 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 yeah. um,
2: so you you were diagnosed with a heart condition, right?
0: Yes, bradycardia.
2: So what how it is
0: it's basically, basically what that is. It's a slow heart, right? So when I get exerted, rather than pumping fast, it pumps harder. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I would hit the runner's wall uh, on stage, you know, if the show was like an hour and a half or something, it would be like me running a marathon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I had to scale back the show some, and I don't I don't meander around as much as I used to. I tend to just stick in one spot now and make sure I can hit the notes rather than, you know, get all sweaty and start seeing spots and fall over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah that's good. It's that. happened
0: many times, it's actually happened several times on stage where I've Basically, just blacked out.
3: Uh, that's not good. Yeah.
0: No, <laughs> it's not good for the for the flow of the <laughs> of the show. And <laughs> to put your crimp on it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's under control. Okay. Um, just. Just got to watch myself, you know?
2: Yeah. Are you on medication it, for it?
0: Well, the thing is, is apparently there's no medication for it. So the only actual treatment for it is a pacemaker. And I'm quite not, I'm not quite ready for that. Mm.
2: Yeah, I hear mm. you.
0: I'll do an hour instead.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, yeah. and, and I and I won't prance around like a goon. I'll just stand there and sing real good. <laughs> <laughs> and make ugly faces as I do. <laughs> <laughs> Do you yeah, so that's that's pretty much under control. Good.
3: Are you are you working on any new music, any projects other than Powell actually? Douglas?
0: You know what? You know what? Um, with Metal Manifesto, mm-hmm. I realized that I spent untold thousands in the studio mm-hmm. to have it released, and then within three days, there were seventy places like you could download the whole album,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and people were doing that, mm-hmm. and across a year. We had 210 actual sales, Aww. you know? So, when we do play, they don't want to hear the new songs anyways, They go over like lead balloons whenever we do them. <laughs> so, I'm fully content. To do as I do when I go see one of my favorite bands. I want to hear the tunes that fucking got me going when I was young and horny. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> and
0: you know, that's generally a band's first couple albums. Yeah. And and I'm more than happy to serve up what everybody wants to hear. Yeah. You know, and I have no problem being a jukebox because <laughs> well, the tunes are good and they're fun to play. And I have a grand old time serving them up. You know, well,
3: that's that's
0: respectable. And that's what
2: matters. Yeah. You're having fun, and so is everyone else. Yeah.
0: Um, I am sort of chipping away at a side project, which is more of what comes out of my hands naturally when I pick up a guitar. And it's not thrash metal. It's more along the lines of uh, uh, sort of like Almond Brothers on cocaine. Mm. <laughs>
4: cool.
0: Like hard, amped up, hard rock and blues based. Good old tr- shit kicking, drinking music. That's cool. More or less than yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that'll, that'll, that's, Shaping up slowly And I'll serve that up in, in drips and draps Once I get some of it Whipped into shape But uh, yeah that's, that's sort of My musical horizon Right now That's sort of What I'm looking at As far as creation
3: Are, are you doing All the yeah. instruments For that project?
0: Yeah, yeah. And the demoing yeah. And if it, uh, If I have any interest at all In it You know People dig it Well maybe I'll Put a band together And come out And do some mm. If we get any offers You know
3: do you have a name for we'll the project, see. or is it, or is it still in the, in the cooker?
0: Well, I had, I have a working title, Rocket Park, and it harkens back to. Um my first uh, psychedelic days at this particular park in the neighborhood. And it had like a monkey bars that were shaped like a rocket ship.
4: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so we used, we used to call it Rocket Park. Let's go get fucking, this, let's go to space in Rocket Park. <laughs> 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 that was where I first smoked my first doobies and did our first acid and we did our first mescaline there and we did our first be there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was the 80s. <laughs>
3: That's a good name for your band then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I don't know if you know um, like Danko Jones or yeah, uh, yep. yeah, sort of that that amped up blues based kind of you know pretty I, I put a sort of a technical bend on the rootsy stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's it's going to be more interesting than your average you know blues based rock. To be a little bit, bit more progressive. That's cool.
3: I think you have you have a great voice for metal, but I I think you could have like a really good raspy blues voice. Is that is that what you're going for? Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: yeah exactly. Yeah, cool. Yeah. De- definitely I like to hear like, that. Yeah. Well,
0: it'll, it'll come out at some point. <laughs> at some point. So, uh, but yeah, I'm not expecting on you know having any label or anything. I think I'm just going to be. Like uh, I did, threw up a couple of installed a pile driver tunes, um, just as YouTube demos, yeah. right? So I'll probably uh, do more of that, or do
3: it do it on Bandcamp yourself, so you have control of everything.
0: Yeah, I'm no businessman. I got no time <laughs> for it. We'll help you out. <laughs> <laughs> on the
2: up and up. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> on <each and> all,
0: <laughs> I need it all the help I could get. Okay. <laughs> So do you have My reputation As the world's worst Business (laughs) (laughs) So I'm self-managed I can rip myself off
3: (laughs) Have you Have you met Any of your Idols
0: Oh yeah Yeah Yeah, Like uh, The biggest one for me Was Alice Cooper Oh yeah And yeah Back in I guess this was around The time of His big comeback Constrictor Mm -hmm. And I had a friend At Much Music Hey, Alice is coming in tomorrow. I want to meet him. Fuck yeah! I've been into him since I was ten years old and seventy-two. Right? That's <laughs> amazing. So the kid, and uh, so yeah, so I met him, and I was the, the, the prototypical fanboy gushing and Gafang, and uh-huh. I had an eight by ten of pile driver that had all my gushings and uh-huh. protestations of love all over it, and uh-huh. blaming him for pile. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> And then there's him in that that big muscle bound uh, guitar player of his. Oh, Kane Roberts. Uh, yeah, Kane oh, Roberts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, Kane comes over. He's looking at. It, he's going, "Holy fuck, dude! That's so fucking heavy." <laughs> 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 Whoa! Yeah. Wow! Check that that's out. Great. Okay, he was right into it, right? <laughs> and it was really funny to me. Was the following tour was the Trash Tour, mm-hmm. and Alice had this leather jacket with all these long spikes sticking out of it. <laughs> So for me, that w- that was a you know a pinnacle in my life was that I had somehow yeah. subtly influenced Dallas Cooper, that, that My big a, that idol. That was a nod
3: to Gord. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: whether he, whether he'd admit to it or not, yeah. I saw yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: we know the truth.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think I have to say the other biggest highlight in, in my career was uh, the PMRC hearing. Mm. The, the Washington wives uh, censorship mm-hmm. hearing in the States.
3: D Snyder um,
0: Reverend Reverend Ling read a whole bunch of pile driver lyrics into US Senate record. Oh, really?
3: Uh, I didn't hear that.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. He, he 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 misquoted a bunch from Sex and Safety oh, okay. and they were they were going on about you know, songs like human sacrifice celebrating the death of life and blah blah blah. Obviously, they never <laughs> they heard the lyrics because it's it's about the world's worst hangover. <laughs> it has nothing to do with, with, with killing people, you know. That's so great. <laughs> so that was that was, that was great because uh, Pyle pile got misrepresented a few times at the U.S. Congressional record, <laughs> <laughs> proving that the system is fucked. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's great. But yeah, yeah, that's a big highlight. I like. Every once in a while, I'll throw a, a link up to the uh, the transcripts of the hearings to the the page where the, where Pyle is quoted, and, uh, and that dovetails into the second uh, sort of influence in my life was Frank Zappa. Mm-hmm. I'm a major Zappophile. Like it's just a, a disgustingly know-it-all fucking arsehole about Frank Zappa. <laughs> 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 and um, on. He did an album called Frank Zappa Meets the Wives of Prevention, mm-hmm. uh, which is a joke on the, you know, the Mothers of Invention, yeah. his bands, the, the Mothers of Prevention, mm-hmm. the censorship mm-hmm. hearings. And so there's all these songs um, that he had used samples from the hearings. And in the song Porn Wars, he uses a sample of Reverend Jeff Ling reading the pile driver oh, lyrics. That's awesome. And that's, so now there's pile driver lyrics on a Zappa wow. record. And, and so that's the other thing that you know. Have to, once that happened, okay, I'm ready. I can you know get the shovel out and dig my own grave. And I'm happy. Uh, I've achieved everything I've ever wanted. Good night, everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's
2: great. <laughs> well, go to Japan yeah. first. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: have you have you seen any of uh, like when Dweezil tours and does Frank stuff?
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you know yeah, it. That's cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, at least uh, I have to say I've seen Dweez at least 10 times wow. now awesome. and Ike Willis came through town a little while ago I went to see yes. him and it was sad it was really fucking sad I felt so bad for him it's at this shithole here in Ottawa called Mavericks mm-hmm. on a good night you get 50 people mm-hmm. you know and a big band like Corrosion and Conformity or somebody wow. you know but uh, Ike Willis you know a singer from the Zappa yeah. band. There was like eight people. Oh, man. I felt I felt so bad for him. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. Yeah, because yeah, his band was really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. So that's rock and roll.
4: <laughs> 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 so I
3: I think I read in an article that you are a or were at one point a Jason Becker fan.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The, the saddest story in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking Jason Becker man! Have you
3: seen his uh, documentary? Not that yet. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. It's amazing. It's very moving. Yeah. Like, talk about you know the the strength of the human spirit to forge on. Absolutely. You know that's, it's insane. But I remember I, I shed buckets of tears when I found out, and then and saw him deteriorating back in the back in the eighties yeah, there. I know. Uh, just you know, when he had joined the David Lee Roth band, and it was just starting to really affect yeah. him. Yeah, and then within months he's in a wheelchair and uh, it was it was so heartbreaking yeah
3: definitely right right this is like I mean he did some stuff before that but I I think that it was kind of like his career was gonna skyrocket then and then it all fell apart yeah yeah the very sad like the
0: cacophony stuff yeah. was you know so incredible but it was the, it was the the solo album yeah you know uh, what was it called Shred oh,
3: Perpetual uh, Burn the first one yeah, yeah
0: Perpetual Burn yeah yeah, like my god, I like, was so, and he was 16 right. when he did that. I
3: know. I always talk about that because <laughs> I, I used to try to play guitar too. And um, yeah. when I first heard that, I was god. like, "Well, he's fucking 16 or 17 making this," and I was, <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to throw my guitar away. Fuck this! I'm done. Oh man, when I
0: think back, when I think back to when I was 16, 17. It was all I could do to figure out kiss songs, right? <laughs> you right? Know, you know, let alone fucking, you know, the, the sweeping arpeggios right, yeah. and the, you know, the counterpoint and all yeah. the, all the insanity that he was up to at that age. It's it's, it's just mind blowing. Amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, that documentary yeah. was like life changing for me, like a yeah. whole new perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it's really just strives to that life. You know, it must continue. It must move on. And you gotta, you know, take the shit with the good and make make your lemonade, as it were, right?
2: <laughs> That's right.
3: Mm. Oh, I, re- I remember something I wanted to ask you I forgot about. Um, did you play a... Did you play a live show with Les in 2017 as the Pile Driver? With Les?
0: Oh, yeah. No, no. no. Less Les since... I swear, like seven within seven days after the recording sessions, he was I out Because he because he had found out early that Zoran wasn't paying mm-hmm. us, and Les was like out gone forever. He we I've tried many times over the years to get him to do something with me. Mm-hmm. Right? Hello? How huge Piledriver really is out there?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Still got yeah,
3: it? Yep. We can hear you.
0: Yeah, you know, I, over the years I tried to get him, you know, interested and he just would not. Like he he's like in <laughs> deep denial that it ever even existed almost. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Cuz he's a big buck producer down in the in the states now, down in Atlanta. Oh, okay. He produces, you know, pop divas and, and sensitive singer boys. <laughs> you know. That that are that are like fourth and fifth row contestants on America's Got Talent, you know. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. that's what he's doing hmm. and what he's sort of always done. And yeah, for he he was out of pile driver like within the first week. Hmm. He was gone. That's that's why he wasn't around to do stay ugly. Yeah. Which I didn't know, which Jordan didn't tell me that Les was gone, he just said that he was going a different way. And it's funny, even Dave Defies and Eddie Persino, they got wrangled in because uh, they owed him a couple of records, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. in their deal. And so he gave them an note saying, okay, you do three fake albums for me and you can be you can be out of your contract. Mm-hmm. I don't even care how they sound. Uh,
3: well, right? Was one of them the Exorcist Nightmare Theater?
0: Yeah. Okay. Huh. When I was in the photo studio to do the cover for Stay Ugly, mm-hmm. off to the side there was those uh, those mummy heads. Oh, wow. From, from the cover. Huh. Yeah. And it's the same photographer, the same studio that did those. Wow. <laughs> if you look at those two album covers, they look almost interchangeable. If you look at the back covers, <laughs> you can almost confuse which album you're holding, wow. except for the song title.
3: I'm, I'm going to have to look at that. I never put that together until. <laughs> yeah. Look
0: at the back of Stay Ugly Look at the back of Stay Ugly And the back of uh, Exorcist huh. uh, Nightmare dude. Interesting
2: Theory. You just blew And there's also mind. that
0: other one uh, Original Sin huh
2: Oh yeah
3: yeah yeah. yeah Yeah
0: That was the other one huh. Interesting Yeah and that's Dave Defy's sister singing on Oh that
3: really wow. Yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Yeah it is incest to horrible horrible thing <laughs> 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 but luckily there's some good tunes that came out of it all
4: yeah, yeah, absolutely definitely.
0: yeah that's the bottom line for me is you know it's not the uh, the album covers or the, the costumery oh. or or any of the trappings that you that you pop into the in the car right, you know right. or the, or at the gym <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, we, we hope we can So we're in New York But we hope Somehow Someday We can Get to see you Live Well
0: We We usually do At least once a year In Montreal mm. That's not too far off No Well I don't see it I don't see it Getting no. down south yeah. Anytime soon We'll have to come north then No so, <laughs> Yeah Come up have have some Have some poutine And some maple yeah.
3: <laughs> 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 Well, Gord, thank you so much for being on. It was really great talking to you.
0: Yeah, so let's be in touch. Yeah,
3: we're, we're huge fans. always
0: fun regurgitating the past. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you have a
4: great...
0: And also, to, you know, helping people to understand, you know, what 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 this pile driver thing was, because it is out of left field, but, you know, an odd tale for it, sure. Oh, it's
3: absolutely. a crazy story, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We really appreciate you sharing well, it.
0: L- I'm glad to have been able to twist your minds then and as much as now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Gord.
0: No
4: problem. Well, you Go. Have
3: a great night. Do,
4: do. Bye. Now.
2: Bye.
3: That was great talking to Gord. Yeah. He was, he was everything I hoped he'd be.
2: <laughs> well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks when you talk to somebody that you kind of idolize yeah. and they're shitty. So that's good. Yeah. You want to talk about resiliency? Mm-hmm. Like, health problems, um, everything that happened to him with his story, <laughs> and he's yep. still going yeah. strong.
3: Yeah. It's awesome. It, it? is. I hope uh, we get to see him sometime.
2: Yeah, that would be fantastic. Mm. He'd have to leave his spikes at I home. Though. Or we'd have to go up yeah. there. I don't
3: know. Maybe he, he could get some, like, plastic spikes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Or edible spikes, that edible would be Edible spikes. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <sighs> <sighs> All right, so we're going to play a couple songs, we right? Are. We're, we're going to play right.
3: a couple Dogs with Jobs songs to close the show out. Perfect. And we're going to play Come and Get Me and Terminal Velocity. And I got to go shit in the urinal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gord. <laughs>
3: Thank you, Gord. <laughs> This song is called Lust. The lyrics say, hell on fire, lust's desire. The devil wants to stick you, the devil wants to lick you. He wants your body, he wants your spirit. Naked, twisting body, sweating, prince of darkness, prince of evil, spread your legs and scream, this is no dream. Degradation, humiliation, thrusting, shoving, animals humping, he's like a dog in heat, you're just another piece of meat. Craving demons fill you with pain. Now you're bloodied and stained, hurt and beaten. He will possess you, he will molest you. Sex with Satan, sex with Satan.